Hey, open your Bibles uh, to the book of Luke. Uh, we're starting a, just a little mini-series here over the next couple of weeks, getting ready for our fall push. Uh, one thing we've learned in the South, uh, that people tend to come back to church when school starts. Figure that one out, right? And during that season, a lot of people actually come to know Jesus Christ, because here's the, here's the correlation. They're hitting life at a stage where they go, uh, we really don't know what to do. And we're in deep trouble because our kids have grown from cute little babies to now these little humans walking around challenging us. And it's amazing in that season of life, a lot of people come and they seek God. And we're preparing uh, as a church to be ready for this fall to give you an opportunity to invite your neighbors, invite your friends, and to come in and they can hear a clear presentation of the gospel every time we gather. But to do that, I feel like there's some things God has for us to prepare ourselves in that aren't just for a season, but yet really are part of our life as followers of Jesus Christ that can set us up to be his hands extended, his voice, his feet to go, his heart to reach out to lost people who, who God has a, a great, great, great heart for. After all, he had a great heart for you and I, didn't he? That he sent his one and only son, that you and I today, those of us who put our faith in Christ can say, we are his. We are saved and we have been set free. He is shaping us. There's not a perfect one in the bunch. Can I get an amen to that? We, we are in process, but praise God, we're in his process. Amen. So what we're going to talk about is we're going to start with teach us to pray. How, how many know that quite often we're not really good at prayer? I, I will confess that. I remember, I remember growing up in church and coming to know Christ as a teenager, and, and, it, and it was a daunting thought that God would want me to pray. Because after all, I had a hard enough time talking to my dad, much less now I'm going to talk to the Heavenly Father. You know, what, what's that going to sound like? And then I thought, if we were going to be taught to pray, that was for those real holy people that stood up in the service when the pastor said, Brother so-and-so, would you bless the offering today? And they would stand up in this deep voice and start speaking in the King James language, that I'm like, what is up with that? I mean, I thought that was back with the earls and the dukes and the, and the monarchs of the uh, early, early centuries, but yet we're going to impress you with our thou and our thee, God. So I learned how to pray that way. Oh, beloved God, thou art the most wonderful, awesome, I don't even know what to say at this point. You know, I just, I had this hard time understanding how to pray. But if we read the Bible, we recognize that we're not alone in that, that Jesus' closest followers, the disciples, had the same issue. They, they didn't know what it meant to pray. In fact, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says this. It says, one day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now, now notice, Jesus, Jesus had a place he went to pray. You'll see in Scripture, he had a time he went to pray. He had, a, he had a plan of how he prayed. And it says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Gang, I want to tell you this morning we need to learn how to be people of prayer. And we need to learn how to pray because if not, we just kind of talk about it a lot, but we never do it. And yet it's one of the most powerful things God has offered to you and I, this relationship of communion with our Heavenly Father where we can glorify Him, honor Him, bless Him, share our life with Him, and receive the direction we all need for our lives. Because here's the thing, God desires a relationship with every one of us. He desires to speak to us every day. He desires to hear what's going on in our lives. Over the weekend, our, our household right now is kind of quiet. We, we took our, our kids back to college, and they're spread out. It's me and Denise and the dog and the cat now, and I'm having way too many conversations with the dog because, you know, it's just quiet. 
And, and yet yesterday, we got on the phone to all three of our kids at different times. And man, it was so cool to hear what they were doing, and sometimes kind of scary to hear what they were doing, because they are the young adults. And, um, but yet, at the end of the day, Denise, that was so awesome. We got to talk to our family. And it made me think what God must feel like when he hears your and my voice every day. Hey, John, how's it going? What's, what's happening in your life? Not that God doesn't know that. He just wants us to share it. Hey, 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 Martha, how, how's, that, how's that family member you've been praying about? I'm telling you, I'm working in that situation. You know, how, how good it has to feel for God for us to lift our voice and say, Lord, we want to spend time with you. It was so important that Jesus later in Luke chapter 18 said that he not only wants us to pray, he wants us to pray always. Check it out. Luke 18 verse 1 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not what? Not give up. How many know that that's an encouragement right there, right? That when we pray, it gives us that strength to keep going. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, I'm going to help you out this morning. If you're having trouble memorizing verses, I'm going to give you one right here, okay? 1 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, pray continually. That's it. Do you want to impress somebody today? Say, I memorized some scripture. Man, it was good. I did it, I did it in the church service. What is it? Pray continually. What? That's it. Pray continually. Let something be coming out of our spirit, out of our mouths, out of our thoughts throughout the day as we are learning to pray always, to pray first about all things. You see, gang, I want, I want Hope Church to be a place that is marked by prayer. I want your family to be a family that is marked by prayer, that we would enter into the presence of God on a continuous basis and become people that put our whole trust in him. Jesus said, he said, my house, church, my house should be called a house of prayer. Now, now we can do a lot of things in his house, right? We can have a lot of fun. We can sing and worship. We can learn. We can grow. We can celebrate missions. But he says, I want my house to be known as a house of prayer. And at Hope, we're setting a place to grow stronger in that area in our lives and to grow stronger as a ministry in our area. In fact, every Sunday, you can show up at 930, think of that, in this place and there are people that meet back here to my left, and they are interceding over the service. They are praying, God, reach somebody. God, explode somebody's life in faith, God. God, Lord, minister to those that are hurting and broken. They're, they're praying over you. Every week we ask you to pray the circle. You know, back before 45 came through, this used to be a circle out here. Now it's kind of like this hexagon or octagon. But anyway, we still call it the circle. And there are 39 uh, housing uh, uh, subdivisions that surround this high school. And we've been praying steadfastly over and over again, God, open a window, open the door, God, and let people come to know Jesus. Yeah, I'm so glad we're sending out missionaries. I'm so glad for that. But can I tell you, where we live in Charlotte, North Carolina, the world lives right here. Would you agree with that? And we have the opportunity to minister. When I leave Monday morning, I'll pull out Monday morning. Actually, I'll go walk my dog first. And I get to the bus stop. They'll be there Monday morning. I think I am in Kyrgyzstan or Kazakhstan or somewhere else because every woman out there is going to be draped head to toe. Every one of them. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Guys, we have a chance to reach nations right here, amen? So we want to pray the circle. We've been giving prayer resources on our website. If you haven't checked those out under, under resources, there's prayers for your husband, prayers for your wife, prayers for your kid that just help you build this understanding of how you can speak blessing, how you can speak faith over people. This year we started a ministry called Watchmen. It's a prayer ministry. We talk about it in the 101 class coming up, and that is that I want every single one of you 
to know that you have somebody from Hope Church beside your pastor that's calling out your name before God every week. And we asked some people to step into that ministry, and I was very strategic who we asked to join that because I didn't want them to be the community group leaders because they already do that. I didn't want them to be on the pastoral team. We already do that. But I want to be people that are sitting next to you every Sunday who learn to call out the name of someone else and bless them and pray over them. And today I've asked our, our watchmen uh, to, to be here today. Some of them couldn't be here because of work. But I just wanted to call them out. We have Steve and Chris Bird. Chris is back here to my right. And Steve is the chaplain at the uh, Lanesboro Correctional Facility. He needs prayer himself. But they've agreed to pray over 10 families at Hope Church. Jeremy and Jessica Carter, Jeremy's been beating the drums up here, Jessica's was, there she is, uh, praying over 10 families in our church. Steve and Maria Fry, right here in the front, praying over families. Eric and Christy Hovater couldn't be here today, praying over families. Maxine Parms, where's Maxine? Do y'all enjoy coffee and like mints and uh, like stuff before church? Maxine shows up here at 8 to make sure that's all set up. But Maxine prays over 10 families in our church. Delmont and Monica Roberts right here, praying over 10 families. They work with our, our elementary kids, but they're praying over families. Dennis and Terry Ryan, she's back serving in, in preschool today. They pray over kids. Rohan and Shilpa Satarla does more than wire um, there. Everybody's pointing there. I can't see anybody directly ahead of me. Uh, they, they're praying. Vanessa Stewart to my left over here, praying. David and Selena Williams. Guys, I, I want you just to acknowledge them this morning. Would you do that? Because they are stepping up. And we want you to know, you attend a 101, you get assigned to a watchman. Someone's going to be praying over your life. I have to tell you, our daughter Chloe, we took her to Wilmington last week. She's a sophomore at UNC Wilmington. And it, it's, you know, when you send your daughter away, um, dad cries more than she does, I'm just going to tell you. But she was struggling, you know, new place, don't know anybody, and it's Wilmington, and she thought the beach would be enough to offset, but, you know, it's still it's Wilmington. And she told me, she said, Dad, Dad, I got an email from Maxine Parms, my watchman, and she's praying over me, Dad. And she goes, you know what, Dad? You did a good job setting that ministry up. I'm like, hey, thanks, Chloe. I get it right every once in a while. You know, she's just, hey, 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 Dad, don't get the big head, okay? You know, that just, I was like, that's awesome. You know, here's a teenage girl that says, somebody's praying over me. Church, listen, we need to be people of prayer. And today, I want to just set a very simple concept in the minutes we have here of, of how we go about that. And, it, and it's broken down into two words. I know it's going to be hard to grasp this morning. It's really complicated. But there, there's a rally cry I want to get into our hearts hearts today that are, that's going to drive us further as we learn to pray. Next week, we're going to talk about some real specific uh, areas of prayer. But today, I want to get one concept into you, and that is this. We should always pray first. It's going to be on your screen up here. We should always what? I, I know that's hard. Two, two words, okay? We should always do what? Pray first. Before we act, before we do anything, we need to learn to pray first. Can I tell you, it, it's in every part of our life. People think prayer is like a Sunday thing or, or when you're blessing your barbecue thing, but it's, it's every moment of every part of our lives. Before you have that meeting in the office and you tell your, your assistant, say, hey, hey, oh, hold on, give me 15 seconds here before you send them in. Oh, God, help me in this meeting, Lord. God, help me to have wisdom and guidance, God, to, to untangle this mess. Help me, God, to be fruitful and prosperous and make lots of money, God, and bless your kingdom. You know, we just have 15 seconds of, all right, God, help me. Before you send your kids out the door, 
and they're already late, and they forgot their belt, and instead of yelling at them, hey, did you do your homework? No, God bless our kids. God, make them leaders and not followers, God. Lord, protect them, use them wherever they are. Church, listen, we should always learn to pray first. Now, some of you guys grew up in real, like, um, I used to call it high church. I don't know where we got that word. Where you did a lot of responsive readings. Anyone remember that? You know, the priest would read something and you'd like say something back, right? So we're going to do that this morning because some of y'all need to wake up. And uh, so I'm going to give you a scenario, and here's what I want you to say. Pray first, right? Can, you, can we do it? Let's just practice. Pray, two words. Ready? One, two, three. Okay. Before you send the email, you should. Can I get a witness? Before you tweet in anger, you should. Before you think anybody cares about your Facebook, you should. You're getting this, all right? You're getting this. Before you make the phone call, you should. Before you head out on a trip, we, we used to do, when our kids were little and we travel, that was always like the first thing. We get in the van, and it's like, okay, everybody close their eyes. We're going to pray. Oh, God, put big angels around us today. Guide us. And, Lord, we're going to make this, God, and it's going to be a great trip. And we, we really got in that habit. And, and we, were, we were one time, we got into a car accident, an accident when our kids were very little. And so our kids, until they were older, I mean, like, if I'm in a hurry, like, Dad's hopping in the van, putting in reverse, we're going, hey, hey, Dad, what? You need to pray. We need to pray. You know, listen, it's something so simple, but it's something we forget that God calls us to pray always. I, I got taught a bad lesson this week, and, uh, you know, for pastors, one of the hard things is we have to live out our sermons before you ever get to hear them. And so I'm studying all week, and I'm like, we're going to pray first, man. This is awesome. This is, we're going to get this into us. And, and I had one of those mornings where I didn't sleep so good the night before, and I woke up a grump. Anybody ever do that? Coffee didn't solve it. Nothing else solved it. And I walked upstairs and to say hello to my wife, and we had a moment of intense fellowship right there because I was a grump. It did not go well. And I'm driving down the road. I'm like, what's up with that, God? And what does the Holy Spirit say? You forgot to. So before you walk upstairs in the morning to say hello to your wife, men, you should. There you go. And wives, when you're out of bed, you should. Oh, that was weak. Come on now. Own up. Own up. You should pray first. Awesome. Check it out. Second Chronicles chapter 7. Uh, it's a passage of Scripture that the church uses quite a bit, but I want you to see it from a little different perspective this morning. And it says in verse 13 and 14, it says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people. Let, let's modernize that into our terms, okay? Before we get hit with a depression, before there's another war, before there's an Ebola breakout, before there's, there's a challenge to your family, before anything else, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and what? Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, listen guys, prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be the first thing that crosses our lips when we're faced with any kind of challenge or dilemma. Prayer should be the first thing we roll out with. I, I'm trying to build it up. I do it most days of the habit that my first thought when the alarm goes off is not, oh, crud, what, where does that sound coming from? My first thought is, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Lord. I want, I want you to be first today. 
Church, listen, we've got to be a people that put prayer above all, that it is a first response that comes out of our lives, that focuses our day and focuses who we are. Next week we're going to talk about some patterns of that. But today I just want to share with you a couple of places that I really believe we need to learn to pray first about. So if you're taking notes, write these down, and we're we're going to just lay them out here, and then we're going to pray, all right? And the first thing is we need to learn to pray first over our nation. How many know that we got a few problems? And can I tell you that I don't think our problems are going to be solved with an election or or someone else changing in a place of leadership because our problems go much deeper than that. And we need to be a people as Christians to recognize that God has called the church to pray first for those who are in leadership over us. In fact, I believe this, before you have an opinion about anybody who is a servant leader who has been called to, or elected to serve in any place, you really should be a person that prays for them more than you talk about them. I knew it would get kind of quiet there. This is not an election year. We're not, we're not campaigning anything. But can I tell you something that happened in our last election? There are 17 million Christians in the United States that uh, didn't even bother <laughs> to vote. There were eight, nine million that weren't even registered. But man, we like to talk about them. How about we pray for them? How about we pray for the unrest that's caused by divisions among us? How about we pray about direction of how we handle world situations? How about we pray for for things that that guide our nation, principles and morals and values that that we all kind of grew up with and and, and hope and believe that our children and the next generation are going to grow up with? We need to be praying about those things and not just opining about them or sitting back wringing our hands going, oh man, we're just going down. We're going down. No, I I believe the word of God. If my people will call on my name, humble themselves, he said, I will heal their lands. I, I, have, I have a message. Listen today. I do not lift my eyes up to Capitol Hill for my hope. I lift my eyes up to him, the Lord our God, who alone can provide the help that we need to learn how to work with each other and love each other and, and learn to accept each other and show forth the image of Christ wherever we go. First Timothy nails this. First Timothy chapter two, verses one through four. Paul wrote, I urge you then, first of all, first of all, pray first, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. You want to see something happen? Start praying for our Supreme Court. Start praying for our president. Start praying for the justices and the senators and the, and the representatives. Start praying for our, our mayor, in Charlotte, we went through a scandal, right? We lost our mayor, and the church goes, oh my, how many of us were praying for him? Now we need to pray for a man named Claude Felter. That's a fun name, but we can remember that, and we need to pray for him. Why? Because God asked us to. You say, well, Mike, how do you pray for him? I mean, we're so tired of politics and all. How do you pray for them? Can I tell you this, church? God never called us to be arrogant or use Scripture in a way that was not intended for it to be used. 
I, I struggle with this because there's, there's a prayer for our president that's going around right now in Christian circles. And it's Psalm 109, verse 8. And I'll tell you what, it's not what God intends. It's not even what it was written about. And that psalm says, let his years be few, let someone else take his position. And we think that's cute. Now, we need to pray that God makes him a man of honor and faith and and he loves his wife and loves his daughters and a man that seeks God's counsel, that God would bless him. How do you pray for government? I tell you this, you pray that God bless America, that God would, 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 would come over our politicians and let them begin to seek him. Proverbs eleven eleven says this, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. God, help us in our nation. So we need to pray first for our nation. We need to pray for our family. How many think that's a good idea? We need to pray for our family. We need to lift them up. Now, I want to I help you out a little bit because some of y'all are coming up. You're trying to, how to, how to figure things out in your own family. Can I tell you, at the field house, we never did figure out the family devotion thing. I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm sorry I disappointed a lot of you right there. But, you know, people have weird thoughts about preachers' families. It's like, you know, they think our kids walk around with Bibles in their hands, you know, like quoting verses, and I'm always dressed like this all the time. And, you know, it's, we're families just like you. We struggle with that, but we found a pace that worked for us, and that is we, it's kind of fluid. We pray as we go along. We pray over the kids at night. We pray over them before they go out to school. We, we lift them up before God. We, we share with each other, and we still do that today. Church, there's not a day that goes by that I don't call out before God the names of my children and my wife. I, I call out Britt. He's my 24-year-old. And I'm like, God, he's my creative, uh, uh, sensitive one. He's, he's a super young man. I love that my young Brit, you know. But, but I tell you, he struggles with some things. I'm like, God, help him to, to be sensitive to your presence, God. That's my prayer over him every day. God, let him be sensitive to your presence, God, that he may acknowledge who you are. I pray over my Wesley. He's soon to be 21-year-old. Praise God for that. And... Wesley is my mini-me, and that is scary, okay? So I, I'm, I'm like, God, make him a leader, not a follower. I pray that every day over him. He is a natural, charismatic leader, but yet he, he can sometimes follow, all right? So a little confession this morning. I pray over my Chloe. My Chloe's 19. She's my sweetheart. I'm like, God, let her stay innocent, but let her be smart and wise, oh God. Let her be a woman of God that is strong in your word, strong in her conviction, strong in faith. Then I pray over my wife, Denise, and she's... I'm not going to tell you her age. I prayed first before that one. Did you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Not about to do that. I pray God bless her with peace. God heal her. God set her free. God, God move in her life. I've known her since she's 12 years old. I, want, I love this woman. I want God to bless her in her life. Church, we need to fight for our families. We need to go to prayer for them. I love the scripture in Nehemiah chapter 4 where he says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Church, we need to fight for our families. We need to fight for our marriages. Can I get an amen? You have, you have an intense fellowship, a little, little battle going on there? I tell you what will solve that. Stop and pray for each other. It is hard to be mad at somebody when you are praying for them. It is hard to hold a grudge when you are praying for them. Why? Because when the moment the words come out of your mouth, the Holy Spirit is bringing conviction on your heart and saying, hey, I want to work on you too. So we need to pray for our families. We need to pray also for the lost. This is the third area this morning. Pray for the lost. I love what, what Jeff and Alicia said. The lost are who? They're not what. And they, and they are forefront on God's heart. Listen, if prayer is talking to God, don't you know that it's fun to talk with people and talk about things they're interested in? It's not all about you. 
In the same way, in prayer, let's talk to God about things he's interested in. He's interested in the lost. He would that none would perish, right? But all would come to everlasting life. So he calls us to pray over our community, pray over the Lord's prayer list. Matthew chapter 9 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Guys, there are 7.2 billion people on this planet. There, there are a lot of people that need Jesus, but the labors are few. So what does God want us to pray? He wants us to pray, God, open the doors they may hear the gospel. But he's also saying, we're also praying, God, use us. Listen, we have a class, a 201. It's going to be coming up sometime in September where we help you discover who you are and your gifts and your unique talents so that you can plug into God's kingdom work and you can be a blessing to someone that they may hear the gospel. It may be handing out bulletins at the door. It may be maybe holding a baby in the nursery or investing in a young child. Can I tell you, church, we're praying the Lord of the harvest to send for laborers into the preschool at Hope Church. You know why? Because everybody likes holding babies. But if you ever raise a toddler, <laughs> hey, I got, I got three stars, all right? They're done. But can I tell you something? You want to impact a child's life for Jesus Christ? That is the most ripe age right there. You, you want to make a difference in somebody's life? You don't think they're listening? You don't think they're paying attention? No, I'll tell you what. That age, that's where you need to pour yourself into. Don't wait till high school, preschool. Mike, are you recruiting? Yes. Yes, I am. And I'm not ashamed of it. And if I need be, you won't find me behind the pulpit one Sunday. I'll go sit and hang out with Bryson and Madden and the boys that I love and see them grow up to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Straight enough? And that, and, that would be, and that would be Bryson's father speaking loudly right there. As I said, I enjoyed dedicating them and giving them back, you know, because uh, I've had my turn. All right. Enough for the commercial. Here, here's what I want. Every one of us knows someone who is a sheep without a shepherd, correct? Would you agree with that? Every one of us knows someone that is harassed and hurting and needs the Lord. So what I want you to do today as we get ready to close the service, I want you to write that name down because we're going to make them your prayer focus, all right? Because God wants to save the lost. And the last thing this morning, we're going to wrap it up here, is this. We need to learn to pray for our needs. You say, well, Mike, that's selfish. That's kind of what we try to get away from. No, you need to pray for your needs. The Word says to cast all of our cares on Him because He cares for us, right? The Lord does want to know what's going on that is troubling us or, or stressing us. He already knows that He's omniscient, but He wants us to acknowledge our need for Him to help in that area, whether it's a dilemma with our kids, whether it's a physical need, even when it's a headache. I mean, come on, pray before the Advil kicks in, all right? Just let God have a chance to do something in your lives. Here's, here's the Scripture, and then we're going to close it in prayer. One of my favorite Scriptures in all of the New Testament, Philippians chapter 4. If you can do anything this week that will just rock your world, read Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Did, did you see the word every there? Not just when you're feeling holy. <laughs> not just when a pastor's gigged you and said, hey, come on, get in, get in prayer. In every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And this is the good part. 
I love this. And the peace of God. Let me know the peace of God's good this morning. Amen. And the peace of God. We live in a world with not much peace. I, I know in households sometimes there's not much peace. I know in the job market there's not a lot of peace. Some of your students, you're about to start class Monday at UNCC. There's, hey, I, I remember those days. There's a lot of jitters going on. But here's what he said. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, it is so good. You're just like, how, how in the world can it be that good? I, I don't even understand that. He says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Church, God calls us to pray first. He calls us to lift up his name in every situation. He calls us to get a hold of this simple truth that we should always pray. Continuously, let it be on our heart, on our mouths. We're driving down the road. Instead of speaking, cursing on someone, God bless them. God help them. Before the kids go out tomorrow morning into the school and you're not yelling at them, you forgot your belt, you didn't make up your bed. God bless them, use them. Make them leaders, not followers. When you go into work tomorrow and you see your boss and all you can think of is, I wish he would find another job. You pray, God, bless him, use him. Let joy overcome his life. Church, we've been called to shine like stars in a dark sky, according to Peter. And we do that when we pray first. So this morning, I want to I help you with this. And we're going to close in prayer. But on your way out this morning, I'm not a, I'm not a big rubber band people. But we had, we had these made up for all of you. It's just a simple little wristband. Guess what it says? Boy, you're sharp. Some of you are awake. You know what, why we do that? Because some have fallen out of the habit of prayer. Let's be honest. Some have fallen out of the habit of prayer. And I want us to wear them. I've got, I've got mine on. I wish I'd had it that morning before I went upstairs. Um, and um, sorry, babe. Um, just to remind me, pray first. And I want us to take these, and I want you to wear them. Just not, you're not going to wear them forever. They're not going to fall off your arm one day and deteriorate. But, you know, wear them to the habit forms that we will always pray first. Let's stand. How can you have a message on prayer without praying? Here's what I know. I know the reason a lot of us have struggled with prayer really is it comes down to how we see God. It really comes down to how we view Him, how our relationship is with Him. And one of the things that a lot of people struggle with over prayer is they've never really seen God as in relationship with Him. They've kind of gone the religious track, you know. I've checked the box on the uh, response card. I prayed a prayer. God, we're good. See you in heaven. And yet they've never entered into a relationship. Can I tell you, God called us to a relationship with him. And for some this morning, as we enter into a time of response, your, your greatest response this morning would be to come back to him. And say, Lord, remember those days when you saved me and I was like confessing you and I was so happy and peace was coming over me and I was like, God, I'll do anything for, for your glory and, and God, bring me back, God, to that. Lord, you didn't change, but I did. God, you didn't go away, but I kind of did. And for some this morning, your greatest response in prayer may be, Lord, I'm coming back, God. I'm coming back. For others this morning, you may be here on listening on podcasts and 
And you're hearing this, and you're like, man, I would like to have that peace, but you've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior. That's the first prayer you need to make. Just ask him to come into your life and be your Lord. You say, well, do I have to go to a class? No, no, right now. We're going to pray in just a moment. And right where you are, you can be at home, you can be at the gym, you can be right here standing this morning. You just right there can call out to God and say, God, here I am. I, I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I want you. Lord, come and be my Savior. Be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I've, I've gone my own way. Forgive me for that, and I want to go your way. God, help me. And the Word of God says, and we confess with our mouth what Jesus Christ did, what we believe in our hearts, that Jesus not only died on the cross, but rose from the grave. The Word says we are saved, not by a prayer, but by our acknowledgement of saying, Lord, I need you. And as we extend our hand out to him, he grabs our hand. And I tell you what, he never, ever disappoints. So this morning, you may need to just enter that relationship, but whatever your place is, whatever you're going through, can I ask you this morning, try it for a week. Pray first. See what God will do. Father, God, help us, Lord. Father, we we want to respond to you today, God, in a way that honors your life. And God, we pray today, Father, that, Lord, each one of us would become people that pray first, God. That, Lord, prayer would be the first thought, not the last resort in our lives, oh God. For, Lord, we want to be in communion with you, God. And God, I pray that, Lord, you would help us, oh God. Lord, that, God, that the, the little wristband here, God, may be a reminder, but, God, it becomes something of just who we are. That God, in every situation, oh God, Lord, with the conversation we've been having with you, God, throughout the day, God, will cause us to pray first, God, in every circumstance in our lives. So, Father, I ask you to help us now. God, I pray that, Lord, you would help those that are calling out on your name, Father. God, those that are asking you to be their Savior and Lord. God, I just want to thank you ahead of time for what you're doing in them, God. And, Lord, I want to thank you. God, that, Lord, you prepared a place for all of us in heaven, God. But, Lord, you didn't call us just to to get there, God. You got us here, Lord. God, I pray we enjoy that fellowship with you, God. But we also take up, God, that opportunity, Father, to serve you, God, in any circumstance. And others may come to know you as well. Father, I want to thank you this morning for peace, God, that passes understanding. God, I want to thank you, God. That's not of us. God, it's of you. And God, I pray that over all of our people today, God, if we just remain in this place for a moment with our heads bowed, our band is going to lead us into a song. Just a final song this morning of worship. And let the words of this song minister to you. And as they do, then I'm going to ask you to think through two things. What is God saying to you in this moment? And what are you going to do about it? For some, there may be a hindrance of prayer because there's unforgiveness between you and someone else. Go make it right today. For some, you may need to go to the cross. In fact, if you wrote down on a piece of paper on your response the name of someone that's a sheep without a shepherd, you may want to take it there and just lay it at the cross. Pray over them. We're going to have communion available to all who follow Christ as their Savior and Lord. And it's a celebration, but it's also a reminder that we need the body, the brokenness of the body of Christ for our healing. Church, listen, some of you, (laughs) let God heal your relationships. Let God heal your bodies. Let God heal your minds. We come, we acknowledge that. We dip the bread into the juice to remind us we constantly need God's cleansing. In our humanness, we drift. In our humanness, we sin. But he said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. 
to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness, all of that mess. He does that. We acknowledge that. And then we're going to give to the Lord this morning our tithes, our offerings, the special gift of Mallory Creek. But right now, God, help us to respond. God, help us to respond in a way that is by faith. God, help us to respond in a way that trusts in your glorious presence. And God, help us to respond, God, in a way that acknowledges this simple fact. God, we need you every moment of every hour of every day. God, help us to be people of prayer, I ask in Jesus' name.